Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook-Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook-Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Inspired Choices Network. You are listening to Financially Speaking and I am your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and I am always excited to be here and share some time together so that we can talk about finances and whatever other concepts and finance and money that people have asked me about or have needed some direction on. What I what we attempt every week is take a topic and either break it down so it's understandable or give a different perspective on it that maybe some people haven't looked at in a certain way. But at the end of the day, I always tell people, and I firmly, firmly, firmly believe, and if anyone tells you any different, I'd, I'd say they're they're not giving you the full story, but you absolutely can understand your own finances. You can understand your own money. You can understand your own future planning. You can understand how to make the amount of money or save the amount of money that you want to save or or make that, that fits the lifestyle or retirement lifestyle that you're looking for. And when I say that, people kind of question me and they're like, oh, yeah, sure, I can save for X amount of dollars. And I'm like, you can. You absolutely can. And what happens to do that is a little bit of a, a plan and a little bit of discipline. And that's what you do. And I, I'm always reminded, I actually have this on my whiteboard at my house, and I'm always reminded of Jim Rohn, and he said that in life, we will all suffer from two disciplines. It's either the, the um, or sorry, we'll all suffer from two pains. And the we'll suffer from two pains. It's the pain of regret or the pain of discipline. And I have that quote from Jim Rohn saying that, you know what, if we're going to be suffering from pain, all of us in life, and we have the choice between the pain of regret or the pain of discipline. It, it's it's easier to suffer from the pain of regret because we get to the end and we're like, wow, I wish I had just been a little bit more disciplined to put that extra money aside or or maybe take that extra five minutes of exercise or or maybe call that friend or neighbor or, or family member that we didn't get to see too much. It, it, that's what he's talking about. So that we're going to have that pain of regret, and it's going to be from the pain of regret, meaning wish we had done something or wish we hadn't done something in some cases, or it's going to be the, the pain of discipline saying, you know what, right now, it's like, oh, I'd really like to have that extra dessert, or right now, I'd really like to spend that money and uh, especially right now, I'd, I'd hazard to say, because a lot of us are isolated and self-quarantined with this, the whole world in, in this, this altered state, to be honest, of this pandemic. But if we're all at home, it's easy to shop online and, and maybe we'll just spend that extra $50 or $100 or whatever it is. And people talk about retail therapy and, and that's a regret that you could have later in life saying, I wish I had been a little more disciplined to say I didn't need to spend that extra $50 and buy that extra you know, a pair of shoes or extra 10 books or whatever it was that you ordered. Um, so that's one of the, the, one of the areas that I really like us to look at because I think money is a holistic approach and a holistic approach meaning, uh, it's really easy for somebody to say, this is how you make money. 
and you just go off and do it. That's actually very easy because money has no feelings. Money has no loyalty. Money has no preference. Money doesn't love you over me or me over you. Money doesn't think about us like that. There's a lot of money swirling around out there in the world. And money's just like, hey, whoever wants me can have me. <laughs> There's no loyalty. There's no uh, discrimination. There's no issues whatsoever. And the the issues really come down to us and our mindset. So when I say it's a holistic experience to deal with your money, I mean it sincerely because a lot of a lot of people that I talk to have uh, more of a mindset issue when it comes to their money and their finances. For for whatever the reasons are, something in their past, something um, that they they have heard, something that they've had repeated over and over and over again, and they they believed it to be true, where it's so hard and you can't understand it. Uh, that's where your mindset really gets um, affected. And when we talk about mindset with money, we talk about what are you attracting. And I, and I know this might sound kind of strange on a financial show. And when we talk about financial topics, and we definitely are going to be talking finance tonight, as we always do, because ultimately I believe everything comes down to finances. With you know, and and when I say that, I don't mean that that money is in any way to be uh, desired more than anything else. But I mean that to say that we all need money in some capacity or another to live the lifestyle that we want. So what we want to deal with and what we do here on the Inspired Choices Network is we look at a holistic approach. So if you are looking at needing some assistance with your mindset or shifting your energy or um, help with your children in parenting, help with your pets, uh, any of that, any topics that you can think of, there's a very, very good chance that we have a show here on the Inspired Choices Network that can help you with that. And we have some pretty amazing hosts that are always welcoming and open to take your questions either on the live show or um, by emails or um, any kind of you know phone calls or text message, whatever the case is, uh, because we are we are podcast um, after our live show in over 50 platforms, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, it's kind of cool. And it also gives everybody no excuse why they couldn't catch on to one of our shows because we are, we're pretty much everywhere. And if there's a topic that we don't have, then I think you have a unique opportunity. If that's a gift that you share on how to, to do certain things or share certain skills, then that's an opportunity for you to have your own show and share these skills with the rest of the world. Because if um, we all sit silent and do nothing to help each other or share with our skills, then nothing really ever moves forward or gets done. But the people that I see step up and really put themselves out there and, and sometimes they're ridiculed and sometimes they're um, judged quite harshly and and frankly, I'm going to go out on a limb and say a lot of politicians fit into this category. Um, it, it's people putting themselves out there to share the gifts that they have, whether you're a politician or whether you share insight into your mindset or uh, how to you know, support yourself and others with stress and this pandemic and those kind of gifts. Everything matters and everything that we do is important and, and it all does affect each other. So, I mean, as much as my life is in the world of finance as an advisor and having a bookkeeping business, uh, I see a lot of the money issues 
are really about helping the people with the mental mindset part of it. And that could be not just about money, but about how they view themselves, how they view their business, how they view their finances, how they view their family relationships. Uh, it's It really does all truly, truly work together. So when I say that, I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about something financial because that's that's what I do and it's what I love. And, and frankly, it's um, really more of my comfort zone. <laughs> so I, I like to leave all the other stuff that I'm not the expert in to the experts. And that's where they are, where I find them here on the Inspired Choices Network. So please feel free to reach out if you have questions. If you need to understand a topic that I haven't ta- tackled yet, then I'm happy to take it on. I have being pretty good, I think, at getting through all the topics I've been asked for. Um, obviously, I will continue to move through them. And anything that people ask me for, either they see me in person and they talk to me and I'm like, oh, you know what, that would be really good for the show because if one person's asking, I know somebody else is thinking it. So please uh, always reach out, share whatever topics you want to have a little bit more in-depth conversation about and we will certainly do that. Or if there's a special guest that you want me to bring on, I'm happy to do that too because I I do have special guests once in a while and that's always a treat for me to be able to get some of these people that I I respect and and, uh, am able to work with. So that's who we are. That's what we do. And I'm excited for those of you that are joining for the first time tonight to be with us. For those of you who are returning, I thank you for coming back and and, uh, we're going to take on a new topic tonight. And what we're going to talk about is sharing your wealth with the next generation. So here's what happens. People I talk to, they all don't really believe that they have an estate or they don't really understand that they have wealth. Because when I say the word wealth to people, they instantly go to um, who and what lifestyle you see on TV. So if you think wealth is Oprah, <laughs> you're right. That's a considerable amount of wealth. She has a lot of dollars. But it's also a considerable amount of wealth in the sense that she's very happy and adjusted with herself. And I say this based on what I've seen with her in interviews and on TV. Not because I know her to be a friend. I've never talked to her. I have no insight that I'm sharing with you except the same stuff that you see on TV in her interviews. And the people who are really at at peace with themselves are able to do with their wealth and very happy with their, you know, and at peace with their wealth because there's a lot of people that have wealth and they feel guilty about it because they inherited it and they didn't work for it or they feel guilty because other people don't have it. And this is where I was talking earlier about the mindset. The people who have wealth and are, are in a comfortable, healthy mindset with it are the ones who also do and have the potential to do a lot of really good things with with the money. So when I talk to people, I think, you know, as simple as it might sound, I think it's everyone's responsibility to do as best you can with all the gifts that you have and make the most amount of money that you can so that you can do good in the world. So for those of you out there who think, I don't like money, I don't want money, I don't want to be rich, that is a completely acceptable lifestyle and mindset to have. And I would say, great, when you make the money and there's going to be charities and people that you want to support, uh, maybe especially right now because there's a lot of uh, people that are really really feeling pain in, in a lot of different ways because of this pandemic we're enduring, but for those of you that, you know what, I still say, 
make as much money as you can so that you can give it to your charity and help other people or so that you can have the money and just help your neighbor if your neighbor's in need. It doesn't even have to be something as, you know, a charity or anything. So when I talk to people about wealth, I don't say, oh, you make money and worship money. And that's, I absolutely don't think that. I think you make as much as you possibly can so that you can do the most amount of good in the world while you're here. And that really is what money is for. And I think if you look at some of these super wealthy people like a Jack, uh, like a Jack Welch or Jeff Bezos or Warren Buffett or Oprah Winfrey or um, Sarah Blakely, people like that, where they have a, a huge amount of wealth, you know, Sir Richard Branson, they also do a lot of charitable work with it. And they also help a lot of people. I remember once I saw uh, J.K. Rowling, and for those of you who don't know her, she was the the, the uh, author of the Harry Potter series, and that's where she got her fame from, Harry Potter. And I saw an interview with her once, and uh, she was asked. She was also her also her claim to fame is that she was the first author to pass a billion dollars in net worth. And the question was asked, you know, do you get people asking you for money all the time? And she said, yes, in fact, I do. And, well, what do you do when you get these requests? She said she gets letters all the time, like just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them a month requesting money. Like, my, I have a sick relative. I need money. I have, um, you know, heart fallen on hard times. I need money. I can't send my kids to school. I need money. All those similar, anything that you're thinking of, she's probably had that letter. And when she was asked, well, what do you do with the letters? She said, I read them and sometimes I send money because she's in a position where she can. And I think it was two years ago, 2018, that uh, on the, the billion, the list of the, you know, Forbes richest billionaires and so forth, she had fallen off as a billionaire because she had donated so much money that she no longer had a billion dollar net worth um, for herself and she didn't care. Because for her to be able to give away that kind of money, I think when you listen to her on interviews and, and hear her speak, you know she takes much more pride in doing that than she did in making the the money. She did not make Harry Potter or write Harry Potter with any expectation that it was going to just be an incredible blockbuster like it was. And again, I say this only from my observation of reading stuff about her, watching interviews with her. I'm not a friend of hers. Um, although that would be so cool to be friends with her because I think she's a one amazing lady with unbelievable morals and ethics and, and absolutely a class act. I, I like her very much. Um, but no, sadly, I'm not friends with her yet. <laughs> but hey, you know what? If I put that out in the universe and maybe if by some, some twist of fate, uh, JK Rawlings is able to log into the Inspired Choices Network, then, uh, you know what? She is welcome anytime on this show, and I am happy to sit down with her anytime, anywhere. <laughs> so tonight we're going to talk about sharing your wealth with the next generation, um, even in a in a way that J.K. Rawlings does. So uh, we're going to take our first break of the night. When we come back, we're going to dive into how we can do that, what that looks like, and what that really does for your net worth. So you are listening to the Inspired Choices Network. Uh, you're listening to Financially Speaking with me, your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and we're going to be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. 
by tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. You'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network with your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and I'm happy to be here, excited as always, because we get to talk all things finance, all things money, <laughs> and uh, uh, all things available, so there's no restrictions on what we can talk about. So tonight, we're going to talk about sharing your wealth with the next generation. Now, what does that actually mean? I know, uh, let's talk about wealth, first of all. And let's define, a lot of people have a difference of definite, different, a lot of different definitions for the word wealth. And a lot of people think of it as the more money I have, that's how wealthy I am. And I know this is a show about money, so naturally that's what we're going to talk about. But I think we should also just pause for a moment and think what wealth really means to us. And wealth can be uh, I have a roof over my head, I have food on the table every night, and I have a healthy family. And that, that can be a definition of wealth as well. It can be a definition of wealth when you have a family member that has a health scare and they're okay and they end up healthy and, and happy and um, cured or 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 their health is under control or whatever the case may be. That also is a is a definition of wealth. Many, many families and many people consider themselves very wealthy because they have uh, a partner or spouse, they have uh, children, they uh, or they don't have children, or they don't have a spouse if that's what they want. But they're they're considered very wealthy because they have the family or they have the lifestyle that they really truly desire. And I think it's always interesting when I talk to people about wealth. Most people go straight to how much money I have and that's the wealth. But I would like to just say, you know, we're all, when you look at your situation, you know, maybe you are wealthy because you have happiness and health 
And maybe you don't have a six-car garage on a 100-acre property, but uh, and if you do, and maybe that's wealth to you, but if it's not, then everyone's definition is different. So just like everyone's needs are different and everyone's goals for retirement are different, everyone's definition of wealth is also extremely valuable and extremely valid. So when I talk to you tonight about wealth, I am going to talk to you about some money. Obviously, I have to. Hello, it's fam- financially speaking. I'd probably get in trouble if we didn't talk about money at some point. <laughs> so I don't want to get in trouble. So let's talk about money. So when we talk about wealth and sharing it with the next generation, um, I, I want to look at it and say, you know, the next generation, it's it doesn't have to be. And this is what traditionally happens. And for those of you out there who've been through something like this, you probably know this to be true. Uh, somebody passes away, whether it's a parent, a godparent, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, whatever the case is, a close friend, neighbor, um, and you're left money through their will or somehow you end up with money from their estate, uh, then that's passing wealth to the next generation or to another person. The next generation is typically from parent to child, right? So a parent passes away, the money goes to the children. Um, and that's what happens. We pass the wealth to the next generation. But how do we do that? Normally what happens is that person passes away and they say, oh, by the way, mom, dad, grandma, blah, 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 had uh, X number of dollars and you're going to get this amount. You know, there's there's a couple siblings. We're going to divide it equally. So everybody gets the same amount of money. And you're like, wow, you know, I didn't I didn't know she had that kind of money or I had no idea you know, that that was coming to me or whatever the case is. But it's it's usually one of those situations where it's not planned out super well and it's not something that most people ever know about. It just kind of happens and you're like, oh, you're kidding. I, I got an inheritance? Um, and it's shocking. I would have to, and in the movies, for those of us who ever seen it in the movie, you sit in the lawyer's office and they read the will and they say, and you get the house and you get the car and there's a million dollars we're dividing between you people and there's all that change in music and we're all surprised. But in reality, that is not how it should play out. When somebody passes away, and I, I tell people this all the time, first of all, I can't stress enough how important it is to have a will to make sure your wishes are heard. But when somebody passes away, it should not be a surprise that you get the house, you get the car, we're going to split this money. It should be a very orderly, structured time because you get surprises like that. It causes rifts in family if they're not equal. Um, if certain people, if they die without a will, and then certain people I've, I've seen where they've inherited money, the people that inherited you knew perfectly well that was not the intentions of the, the person who passed away, but they didn't have a will, and that's how the law dictates things get divided. So you know what? That's what happens, and you're not here to do anything about it. So your will, just so I can give you a little side piece of information, because it's really truly important, and I don't want to not mention it, but the will is your last conversation with the world. So if you want to have your money or or grandma's dishes go to your granddaughter or you've had this heirloom in your family and you want to make sure it goes to your daughter or your daughter-in-law or you know that that wonderful neighbor who helped take care of you or that that kid down the street who always mowed your lawn uh, then you have to write it down there is no way around this this is straight black and white no holds barred write it down make sure it gets done and i can't stress that enough to people and 
and I, I, I haven't read the stats lately, but it was only about 30 to 35 percent of people in Canada have a will. And I, I suspect it's very similar to that in the United States and the rest of the world because a lot of people don't do it. And it is not meant to be a guessing game when you pass away what you thought. So because it's not a guessing game, the, the law is very clear and the probate laws are very clear that the if you die without a will, you're intestate, that's what it's called, and intestacy law applies and it says this is the order of operation, just like any math class. It goes from this relative to that relative. And for anybody who ever saw Prince, the artist, when he passed away and saw anything about him, he died without a will and it took a long time to go through who should be part of it because he had half-sisters, half-brothers, stepsisters, stepbrothers, on and on and on and on until they finally narrowed it down to the way the law would ex- would require the money to be, the estate to be processed. So I say to people, please have a will. This is, when you, when somebody passes away, it is, it is a highly, highly emotional time. Do not make them guess what you wanted and don't make them upset because they now have to go through not just your loss, but by now they have to go through and try and piece together what they should be doing because they want to figure out your wishes. And then it doesn't work out that the money goes to the people you want because you didn't have it written down. So please have a will. It doesn't have to be elaborate. And yes, everybody can have one and should have one. And if you have a dog, a cat, a goldfish, a parrot, doesn't matter. They have to go in the will because otherwise you don't know where they're going to end up. So that is my my commercial announcement for Please Get a Will. Getting back to sharing wealth with the next generation. Um, put it in your will. So sharing wealth is, is also, remember, I said it's not just money. Sharing wealth, you've lived, say you, you know, you're thinking of somebody who's passed away, like a grandparent, a, an elderly parent. They've spent 80, 90 years on this planet. They've accumulated a lot of wealth, a wealth of knowledge, uh, wealth and financial status. Uh, an emotional wealth because they've been through a lot, they've lived a lot, they've learned a lot. And don't be afraid to share that. There's nothing wrong with sharing your wealth, sharing all your knowledge and information. Put it down. If you have, if you have books you want to share, you think would be appropriate, you know, for certain people, I really want my grandson to read this book. I'm going to leave it to him in my will and say, this really changed my life. I want you to have it. Um, if you have a granddaughter and say, you know what, this is what I learned in my life. I really want to pass this knowledge on to you so that you can have a happy, prosperous life. I want my dishes to go to my sister. I want my other grandson to have my car. I want to pass whatever it is. And it's not limited to one thing per person. You can structure your will and you can structure your wealth to pass along um, very seamless. And you want to have it that way so that people are that you've left behind, your family members who miss you, are just able to miss you and not have to go through all the administrative process. So passing your wealth on to your next generation, also keep in mind that I'm not just not talking about money. Now, how do we do that? We're going to plan for this transition of wealth to your children and your grandchildren, but it doesn't have to be this big daunting task. It's important to start with just a conversation and discussing it with them so that you can understand the impact of taxes on your estate assets. And what steps to take for because what steps to take for it because um, as we've talked before in previous shows, there's stuff called estate tax. Uh, formerly, it's all you know everybody talks to about it as probate, but it's all estate tax. And what happens when you die is the government says, okay, let's figure out how much you owe, and it's owed based on a formula, and then you pay the tax. 
your estate pays the tax before anything gets divided up to the to the people that you want to have it. So don't be afraid to talk about it because uh, if you don't and if you don't plan for it, then a lot of the time the taxes are higher than what they need to be because you haven't paid, you haven't planned for it. And if the taxes are higher than they need to be because you didn't plan for it, that means less of your estate goes to your family and friends that you want to have it or your favorite charity or your community event or community group, whatever the case is. So just remember that the less planning you do, the more taxes you're probably going to pay. So let's really concentrate on getting our estate straight and focus on it and not being scared to focus on it or scared to do it because we're afraid to talk about it. And let's consider some of these tax implications. So what happens when a person passes away? Well, that person is deemed to dispose of all their assets at fair market value at the time of death. So what does that mean? Think of it like this. If you decided today that you're going to sell absolutely everything you own, every investment you have, every property you have, every pair of shoes you have, every single thing in your house, right down to your last dishes and pots and pans and bar of soap. So you're going to sell absolutely everything. Your car, everything gets disposed of on one day. That's what that means. So the day you die, that is your day of disposition. Everything in the government's eyes just got sold. So what does that mean? Well, it just got sold. So what? Well, what matters is if in the investment world or in the, with all your investments, that has a huge tax implication because now you're talking about stuff like capital gains and you're talking about figuring out estate taxes and you're talking about how much money is coming out of that estate to pay for all this estate tax. So your day, your, your, the day you die is also your day of disposition for figuring out assets at the fair market value. So how much is that condo worth in the Florida? How much is your cottage worth in Muskoka? How much is your house worth? How much is your investment property worth? How much is your business investments worth? How much is your retirement investments worth? All of it gets figured out because the government wants to be paid on that. So on that happy note, (laughs) we're going to take our second break. And when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about how we share our wealth with the next generation. So please stay tuned. You are listening to the Inspired Choices Network with Kathy Cook-Noble. And you are listening to Financially Speaking. We will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. 
If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-Word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and tonight we are talking about sharing your wealth with the next generation. And before I went to break, I, I hope I was inspiring enough or encouraging enough to tell people to take some action and go out and get their will so that we can get your wishes in order. Um, and we were also just starting to talk about the tax implications. So your date of disposition at their fair market value is the day that you, you die. The only thing I will tell you is that excludes your principal residence, which is where you live, your home address, your home residence. Um, so you do get a tiny bit of a break there, but everything else gets taxed. Uh, however, there is an exception, and um, this is for a spousal rollover. So if, if two people are, are married and one person passes away, everything rolls to the spouse. And then vice versa, if they had passed away, then it rolls to the other spouse. It rolls between spouses. It's not, in terms of the the courts and the government, it doesn't matter who passes away first. It's not based on age or gender. It's whoever passes away first, it all rolls to the other person. And then the second person is the day that we go through this whole disposition and reading of the will. So assets that pass through your estate before they're being distributed to your beneficiaries, these are what's subject to the probate fees that we talked about, the estate taxes. In Canada, in Ontario, it's called the estate administration tax. Um, and also there's some challenges and known or unknown creditors that could reduce the assets and impact the estate goal. So we don't like to have surprises come out when somebody is uh, going through their estate um, unwinding, I guess. Uh, we want to have, it's, it's not meant to be a surprise. It's meant to be a, a nice orderly uh, conduct of getting your estate wound down, the, the taxes paid and getting as quickly and as efficiently as you can so that the bulk of it goes to the beneficiary, which is obviously the intention of the person who passed away. So if you're concerned at all about the overall impact of your estate and the objectives related to the disposition of this, these assets on your death, guess what? There are things you can do that can help minimize this. And a life insurance policy with a named beneficiary can alleviate a lot of these concerns. So as also, not just life insurance. You've heard me talk about that before. You know I'm a big fan of it. It's, it's like this magic little boring math formula that can do these great, wonderful things. Um, but, uh, as well, the investments that the asset, some of the investment assets can be transferred into an exempt life insurance policy and an investment growth during your lifetime would not be subject to tax unless the funds were withdrawn. So there's a lot of really cool things that you can do. And I, and I strongly recommend that you talk to an advisor or an accountant to get some assistance on that. Uh, this would allow some of the capital to grow in a more effective manner, and the insurance proceeds would add to the amount of capital available to your family. And, of course, we've talked before about some of the opportunities with life insurance, how it passes um, 
within seven to 10 days in, in some cases, tax-free directly to the beneficiary, you know, outside of the, the whole will because it's a standalone policy under the Insurance Act. So there's a lot of really great things that, that uh, you can look at and see if that works for you, if it makes sense. Um, insurance, whether you, I, I'm not sure if any of you out there have heard my show on insurance, but you can see where um, talking to your advisor would be helpful because life insurance proceeds are not subject to income tax as long as they're set up correctly, obviously. Uh, we don't want to have that problem. Um, in addition to designating the beneficiary, and the beneficiary is not the estate. It's a, it's a person. It's a charity. That's something that, that is someone that is designated specifically in the policy. The, pro, the proceeds of the policy pass outside of the estate, and then they're not subject to probate fees. And then any additional benefits of designating a beneficiary are creditor protected, and the beneficiary designation cannot be disputed through a will challenge. So there are so many really great things about the insurance, and this is one way we can help pass wealth to our next generation. Um, there's always some changes to the rules that we need to watch with the Income Tax Act, with Insurance Act and stuff like that, which is why, you know, I, I you can understand your stuff yourself. You absolutely can understand your own finances, your own estate planning. Sometimes it doesn't hurt to have the assistance of an uh, of a professional like an advisor or an accountant so that they can help you understand and maneuver through some of the tax issues because that's what their job is. Uh, but as far as passing wealth to the next generation, we certainly can do it in a very tax-efficient manner when we're talking about wealth. Now, some of you out there might be thinking, well, that's all fine and well, but my kids aren't very good with money. <laughs> and I hear that. Or they're afraid that every cent that my kid gets, they're going to blow it or they're going to blow half of it on something stupid and then they might put the rest of it aside for school or for my grandkids or something to that effect. So what there are things we can do there. So there are, are trusts that we can set up. There are annuities we can set up so they get a certain amount every year and that way we know they're they're set for life. So let's say, for example, that you're worried that your son or daughter is going to inherit money from you and you want them to have it and you want their you want to help make their life better, but you know they're not good with money. So say they're going to inherit a million dollars just for argument's sake. And if they're going to inherit a million dollars when they're 50 years old or 55 years old, um, they still have a lot of years left to live. And you don't want them to just blow it by going. And, and people people laugh and they're like, really, blow a million dollars? Yep. You know, the stats are if you win the lottery, <clears throat> usually within seven years, you're right back to where you were or even in a worse position because people don't know how to handle the money and they get a little bit wild on us. So in this case, we're going to say, well, we know they're not good with money. We know that they get a little bit excited and spend a little bit too much and and it's easy to spend a million dollars and wipe through that pretty quickly. So what you can do is you can put stuff in place and say, okay, I want to pass this wealth on, but I want it to last. And I'm doing this for their sake because I want to make sure that they're always going to have money. They're not going to you know, lose the roof over their house. They're going to have money to buy food. They're going to have money to put gas in the car and so forth. So you can do things like put that in a trust and have a trustee help uh, administer the money. Uh, with parameters of what they can do, how they can withdraw the money. It's not going to be, 
It's not going to just be, well, I've decided I want to pay for my whole neighborhood to go on a trip to Italy. It's going to be some structure that they have. Or there's another option. I mean, there's lots of options. So I'll just give us a couple tonight. Um, you can set up an annuity, and that's under the Insurance Act. And you can say, uh, you know what? I want that money invested, essentially, and I want to I want to make sure that my son or daughter gets X amount of dollars a year, let's say $50,000 a year, and that way they can live a good, comfortable lifestyle and pay their bills. Now, if in say they get really good with their money and they want to pay for their neighbors and them to all go on a trip to Italy, well, they can do it because they have that money. And they'll also know that, you know, next year they get another 50000 and the year after they get 50000 But they aren't going to be able to go in and say, I just want to take about $500,000 out because they can't do that. So it protects them a little bit from themselves and it can protect them from other people because there's going to be other people that they come in contact with that are going to want to have them invest in maybe a business, loan them money, hold a mortgage on their house. It's all kinds of things that can come up that they ask people for. Uh, and a will is public information, so if it's all left through the will and not through the insurance, then anybody could see that, you know, so-and-so, my neighbor, was left so much money, and, and we know that she was left or he was left a million dollars. So it, it protects people a little bit that way. It also protects people from themselves and, and from being able to honestly say, I have to be structured because I only have this amount of money this year. So that's one way we can help protect our our loved ones and family members from the the wealth and passing it down to the next generation. We want to make sure, I mean, I shouldn't say we want to, I think, and I always look at it this way. I'm like, okay, if we want to, I, I think we want to have a presence here. Like we're here, we're doing stuff, we're working, and I want to leave an impression, if you will. That's the same thing when when I translate it as you want to leave a legacy, we, you know, it's kind of that I came, I saw, I conquered, <laughs> and I was here, and I signed my name in the wall to say, you know, I was here. That's kind of what we want to do in life. And I think we want to set up ourselves in a way that says, I was here. So we can do that by setting up a foundation. And foundations don't have to be the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They do not have to be that big. I am telling you, as sure as I'm sitting here, you can do it with a small amount of money, even $10,000. You set up a foundation. And you can say, you know what, I'm going to have the Me, Myself, and I Foundation, and I'm going to have that support, you know, helping animals or helping underprivileged children go to school or whatever your passion is. And it doesn't have to be one thing. It can be more than one thing. And every year that foundation is going to donate the the proceeds of the growth to whatever your uh, desired charity is. So it's really cool. I, I think it's really underutilized because I think it's really kind of a neat thing that if you think about it, um, you could live forever if in a way because you're going to take some of your wealth and you're going to set it up so that you kind of live forever. So you're going to be able to give money out to your favorite charity, to your church, to whatever is your passion for animals, people, you know, abused women, abused men, uh, medical breakthroughs like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They're obviously very focused on uh, medical breakthroughs and uh, vaccines and so forth. You can do that too. You just don't have to do it on the same scale that they're doing it on. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think uh, the more, you know, the more people we have on the smaller scale will out, 
will definitely outnumber the more that we have on the big scale. You know, you, you got to remember there's power in numbers. So if we all had this amount of money and a foundation, like that wouldn't, you know, it would take much to really build up big numbers. So we can have this opportunity to really leave an impact. And that's another way we can pass wealth on to the next generation because what we're doing there is is we're passing on to our children that, you know, it's important that we take care of each other and we take care of our community and we take care of our world. And you know what? Mom and dad or grandma and grandpa, they're showing us that because they set up this foundation and they want to make sure that we help take care of each other. So you're also passing that on. And that's a message in itself to the kids. And I think that's the next generation. I shouldn't say kids because, you know, there's a lot of times that they're not kids at that time. But um, there's a there's a really good message in that. And I think that's important for us to remember, too. So there's lots of ways we can pass wealth on to the next generation. There's also lots of ways we can pass money on to the next generation. So with that, we're going to take our final break of the night. And we come back, we'll talk about just a few things where you're never too old to or too young to secure your future. And we'll talk about a few little uh, tidbits there. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and I'll be right here on the other side of the break. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Good afternoon and welcome back to our last section on sharing wealth with your next with the with your next generation and with the next generation. Uh we've been talking about different ideas on how we can transfer wealth, our definitions of wealth, and also how we can transfer money. And I think that for me it's really important that to talk about that it it always goes hand in hand with my estate and how 
to prepare my kids, how you're never too young or you're never too old to start to secure your future. And I know a lot of parents out there in Canada, and we've talked about different education plans and so forth in Canada and the United States and around the world, but there's that registered education savings plan, which is great. And, you know, a lot of times parents will do that, but, you know, we make sure that they do their homework and they eat their veggies and they go to bed on time. And I also think as a parent, it's important to make sure that you work hard to keep the kids safe and secure and their financial security. So just imagine in my, and now I'm just going to take this big wild leap of, uh, imagine for a moment with me, uh, Imagine that we all as parents get our financial house in order and our, our state plan in order. I'm not saying you have to be out of debt and everything. You just have, you have a plan. So everybody's got a plan. And then we're going to go that one step further and we're going to get the kids on track for financial plans. So we're going to start talking to them. We're going to start planning for them. Um, we'll, we'll take out a, uh, permanent life insurance because we can take advantage of their health, the lifestyle and career choices in life aren't going to affect them because they're young. We get it locked in. We can't foresee the future. We don't know what's going to happen with the kids. Everybody hopes that their kids are going to grow up and be healthy and productive adults, have a great job and contribute to society. And we don't plan for accidents. We don't plan for illness. We don't plan for sicknesses. We don't plan for those things. But if we did and we were able to say, let's just put everything in order now. So now when the kids are young, we're locking in these fantastic prices for premiums. We're locking in the fact that they are now covered for life. And we're locking in the fact that we're also starting them to plan for their future and their estate plan. So once we get these locked in at the early rates, the uh, early age, the rates are covered for their life. And they can't take it away as long as you pay the premium. And there's lots of really cool strategies where you can get it paid up and you don't have to continue to pay for the rest of your life and it's there forever and grows and um, helps actually build wealth. Um, it makes a lot of sense to be able to do stuff like that. Uh, when they come of age, they can the kids can take over their policies. They're now adults that have been set up really, really nice. And then they have learned this because you've worked with them and then they'll do this for their kids when they get to that point. And then by doing this, we start to change the structure of the world. Because now we're able to take care of ourselves. We get ourselves all lined up financially. And then we start to change the, the, the environment, really, the financial environment. Because now we don't need as many social programs because we've established things ourselves and we've taken care of these things ourselves. And that means that there's more money out there for those people who, who really do need it and have, uh, you know, misfortune that comes up and, uh, they ha- haven't, they haven't maybe prepared for it and haven't prepared well enough for it. Uh, now we're leaving open the door to more money being available for those people because we've taken care of ourselves. But if we all take care of ourselves and we help the next generation take care of them and we teach the next generation and they teach the next generation, then the reality of it is we are going to eliminate a lot of the problems, uh, social needs and financial needs that we have. Now I know that's a really big leap of faith. But I like to think that we have the ability as one world to come together and do stuff that, like that that can be done. I believe it can be done, and I think it takes a lot to do it. I mean, when you think about a pandemic that we're going through, we've all been able to come together and learn social distancing. We've all been able to come together and learn uh, self-isolation. And, 
you think about it, I mean, I, I know I see the news and I, I see the people that aren't self-isolating and they maybe aren't self, you know, dis- distancing, uh, social distancing the way they should. But the reality of it is we all have come together and done some of it. Some people are just getting antsy and, you know, need it to be over sooner. And, and I get it. We're all human. We all need a little bit of, of something. And it's it's sometimes very hard to be uh, isolated uh, from your friends and family members. But uh, we can do it. And we're proving we can do it because the curve is flattening. So I think we can do it with our finances. And we can get our finances in order. And we can help our kids get them in order. And they can help their kids get them in order. And so on and so on. And I just think if we can do that, that's a pretty awesome gift that you can give people. And that, too, is passing wealth to the next generation because we're now sharing with them our knowledge of how we did it. And we talk to them. We make them less scared about money. We make them less scared to talk about money. And if we're less scared to talk about it and we're more inclined to understand it because we can understand our own stuff, even if we're little, we can understand a lemonade stand and an allowance. So if we can understand that and we're more comfortable with it, we're less likely to get ourselves in financial trouble because we're going to understand what we're signing more. We're going to understand what debt is. We're going to understand what a credit score and why it's important. And we're going to understand whether or not it's good to get a mortgage for a house or a traditional one or a home equity line of credit because we're going to understand some basic financial concepts our kids are going to understand them and they're going to be able to make these really great decisions that are financially abundant for them. And I look at that and I think if that's what we do, isn't that just a, a huge, huge amount of wealth for your family to have the peace of mind that you have so, some financial security, that you have the ability and confidence to understand it and just for yourself and we have the ability to help other people and then we're going to be in this position where, hey, you know what? We aren't stressing about ourselves when an emergency or a crisis happens because we've been planning for these events to take care of ourselves. So we're able to help those less fortunate. And I just think that these are, maybe I'm a little bit too uh, pie in the sky kind of, and it, which is, would be very ironic to be accused of me being a little bit too... Uh, unrealistic because I'm, I'm very realistic and practical, but uh, I, I like to think that all of us working together can truly make this a uh, better place and we can help each other. So I thank you all once again for joining us on Financially Speaking. Please come back and join us again. We're here every week. We're talking financial concepts, uh, money issues, and any other financial breakdown that you need of any particular topic and I'm happy as always to break that down and share it with you and give you any homework that I have. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.